Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Timeless Podcast. Now, I want to introduce this one a bit differently because I want to say Happy Disability Pride Month, which John's background, we didn't plan this. This is a very impromptu episode of the podcast, really. I didn't know his background was going to be that, but I wanted to open the episode by saying Happy Disability Pride Month. You know, the month of July, it's nice and sunny. Uh, so what a month to have for Disability Pride as well. You know, it's not like a rubbish month like October. Um, you know, we've got a good month. I mean, apologies to anybody that does have a special month in October, but Alex does have a point. Um, you yeah. tend not to get many sort of Pride months around that time of the year because obviously a, a large part of Pride, et cetera, is all about parades and things. So they, they try to tend to do it in the summer for the Northern Hemisphere and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great to have it in July because we have 31 days. Um, so obviously if it, if it was, a, it, it's a day longer than some okay. of the months would be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know but what yes, the weird thing? I'm here, I'm here with my blue, yellow, white, red, and green zigzags. Um, just to say, happy disability pride, everybody. And do you know what? This is this is this is bizarre uh, because I've never seen that logo before, ever. Which is strange to me because I thought I should have seen it because I've been in the world. I've never seen that logo before. It's a very cool logo. I rate it. I think it's great. But uh, this year on Twitter, I've seen it everywhere. Previous years, never seen it. Until this morning, neither had I. Um, I mean, it, disability pride is primarily an American thing. It's a thing that um, they did. I think as with most pride movements, it started in the US and it's great that it's now starting to kind of seep through to the rest of the world. Um, I've seen it. Um, yeah, I've seen it quite a few places today, actually. That, that's, that's, it's really cool. You know, it's really, really cool that... Um, that People are finally kind of taking a bit of notice. It's lovely. Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, all kinds of pride are all the same amount of importance. So, you know, whether it's the the hmm. LGBT uh, pride that we had last month, disability pride this month, or whatever other days and months come across the year, because I'm not well versed in this. Uh, so I find out as I go older, because things are ever changing as well. So they're probably, if a few years' time, they'll be every month will have some kind of pride attached to it probably or some kind of event which is which is nothing but a good thing it, it's got to be a good thing just to celebrate all kinds of differences and stuff like that uh all, so all, all, all pride is lovely especially london pride which is um, yeah a, a, a particularly nice tipple yes <laughs> anyway uh obviously this might be a bit of a weird one for, for viewers of the Thomas podcast because we're talking about sports in this episode of the are podcast, we, are, are we are we are we only talking about sports, or are we or, or might we touch on something nerdy that happened earlier today? Yeah, something nerdy happened earlier today. Again, I messaged Sean last night about nine o'clock saying I want to make a, a, a Euros podcast. So uh, can can you confirm? Credit to you, mate. You said yeah, I'm, I'm available tomorrow night. Let's get let's oh, get it done. I, I I I have no life. I can be here at the drop of a hat. Generally. Um, my 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 availability tends to revolve around um, whatever's on television, and at the moment we're in kind of in the dead season for television. So as long as the football wasn't on, I knew I'd be around. And thankfully, there are no games today. But thankfully, we did get some Doctor Who uh, news in the world of animation that the evil of the Daleks is coming to animation. And thankfully, we get to say au revoir to the really crap PS2 cutscene animation and we get back our 2D animation. Yes. Yes, the worst kept secret in the universe is now out there. Um, 
I think everybody knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they've still actually dropped the announcement really, um, really quickly. And, you know, that, and it's going to be with us really soon as well. Um, you know, I think it's due for release 27th of September at the moment. So given that we're getting Web of Fear next month and now this a month after, um, you know, it's... I mean, obviously, they try to do two animations a year. That So last year, we got Faceless Ones and Fury from the Deep. Um, but yeah, this year, they're still fitting in those two a year. They're just doing them within six weeks of each other, <laughs> which is which is great. Um, yeah, I'm I think it's... about this, to be honest. This is, this is one that I've wanted for a long time. So yeah. I am absolutely stoked about this. Yeah, I, I, I'm, this is one that obviously I'm also excited about because I'm not as well, ver- I don't know what you've done, I'm not as well versed with the reconstructions or the audio versions of these stories. I normally wait for the animations um, because that's the thing with me and Big Finish is that I'm very easily distracted. I don't know whether it's the, the, the cerebral palsy or whatever, but I can't listen to it. Unless I'm on like a train, I've got headphones on and that's all that's around me. If there's other things going on, I just blank it and I don't listen to it very well. But yeah, I think... Some brain training and some getting used to, but for anybody, I think. Yeah, but um, I'm so excited for this. Uh, I mean, as as I've said many times on the podcast, Pat Charlton is my favourite classic Doctor. He's my second favourite Doctor of all time, and I think to have one of his, you know, trademark stories finally come into release. Um, it's, yeah. it's just exciting, you know, and I know some people on Twitter are a bit upset, you know, Galaxy 4 has been pushed back, I think, as well, which is a shame. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really batting for some Hartnell animation sooner rather than later. Um, it's got to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see, I mean, obviously, Doctor Who can sometimes be a bit factionalised and the Hartnell animations really have been... I'm not going to say neglected, but they've really been kind of put on the back burner over the last few years. So I can, I, in a way I can see why people are a little disappointed, but I think if you asked, if you took a random sample of fans and asked them whether they would rather have evil first or galaxy four first, you'd find at least like 60 to 70% would say evil. Um, it's also probably more marketable because it's Daleks. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think, yeah, I think Daleks are exactly, and I, it's one of the quintessential classic who Dalek stories as well. So, yeah. uh, I, mean, I had this, I mean, I, I mean, I had this initially on an like audio cassette in like 1994 or five, uh, with, with the old sort of linking narration and stuff like that, and you know, the prop sort of construct reconstruction. Which I think I've still got upstairs somewhere, but yeah, to actually get it on animations could be brilliant. But yeah, it's it's exciting and yeah, it, 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 I'm really excited for this one. I, I've loved all, all of the Trout animations so far. I'm not really someone that really worries about the animation style too much. I know my friends who are animators who also love Doctor sometimes they're a bit annoyed about how lazy they are, but again, I can't really get into the degree of that because I don't understand it. But um, I, I, as long as I can see what's going on and, you know, there's some visual element, I don't care. I enjoy the stories for what yeah. they are. And I think, you know. I mean, even with the Web of Fear one, which I think it's fair to say has PS2 caused, caused some consternation. I'm really prepared to sit there and kind of wait until 
I'm watching that on a DVD because obviously the rest of the story isn't going to be animated. Yep. So I really strongly suspect that they've chosen an animation style that just isn't going to jar with the live action episodes and will just flow. So once I kind of see those six episodes back to back, I'll be able to take a better view on it. But I suspect that's what they've done, that they've kind of gone for a style that would link up well with the live action episodes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I think, I think that is, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, I think that's a good way of putting it. I've never actually seen anybody, anybody um, put it that way. So actually, that's actually, a, you've, you've put a bit in my head now and I sort of see what you're getting at. <laughs> I wish I could say that was an original thought, but I'm sure that somebody suggested that to me. And if I could remember who it was, I would give them a little name check here. But I'm sure that I saw it on Twitter somewhere. I, I don't think it's a it, it's it's a bit too visually clever for it to be my own original perspective. But it was something that I read and thought, oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I'll enjoy it anyway because either I'll be watching it and, and laughing at it. I'll get entertainment value because I do. I because I used to be what like there are some purist Doctor Who fans who just want the best visuals ever. I mean, like I can get entertainment for that kind of animation anyway because I guarantee there'll be kind, some kind of swanky movement the Doctor makes that'll be gifted or memed in the Who community or something like that. Which is again, which is part of the fun for me. So I, I don't really mind. I can either laugh at it or I really like it and I actually be surprised by it. But I'm not dreading the release like some Who fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that we all know that within fandom, people are um, often swift to criticise. And I think that's what they've done here, to be honest. I think it's really, really harsh to judge it before we actually see the finished article, you know, before we see those six episodes together. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think it's going to be interesting interesting to watch. John, did you also receive your season 24 intact? Are there any problems? I know some of, some of our friends have had some problems. Did you get yours all intact? And no, mine was, mine was absolutely fine. It arrived on Monday afternoon. Um, they decided to give me a little bit of a scare um, because I, I didn't even get a sort of dispatch notification until the Sunday night. But the, the dispatch centre is like a mile from my house, my local one. So I knew it was there. I knew I'd be getting it. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's here. Um, I also had a little mini heart attack Sunday morning because obviously um, I pre-ordered this when it was first announced back in January. Um, and I've changed my debit card since then. Um, uh... debit card since then. So I got a payment has been refused email on on the sunday morning i had to quickly jump in and set it to the new card but yeah that, everything through everything intact all lovely um no bits falling out of it um no cancellations because i know a lot of people who ordered from the same provider as me or quite a few people you know, from the, who ordered from the same provider as me had a bit of a delay and were told that it would be cancelled until August and then it turned up on Wednesday or Thursday. And yeah, there was, there was a little bit of kind of misinformation out there. But um, but yeah, it's all all good for me, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say mine was smooth. Mine was smooth, smooth sailing. So I was one of the lucky yeah. people. 
Right, are you ready to talk some 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 football? Uh John. Yeah. By the way, just to preface just to preface this, me and John, uh, although we are obviously massive nerds and we love football, we're also very passionate about the football. So uh yeah, this is this is not just a podcast we decided to make because we've got Euro fever. We normally talk about football a lot of the time anyway. So um this is something we're also very passionate about. And uh, let's let's be honest, John. Uh, the last few weeks have been a, a a wild ride for us English supporters here who also love the football. Yeah, it's been um, it's been rather um, it's been rather up and down, um, as is always the way with um, with the England football team. They're either brilliant or they're diabolical, depending on who you speak to, and there's never anything in between. Um, yes. But I think I think that this tournament as a whole has actually just been a triumph, really entertaining to watch. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think let's be honest. Um, this comes out, by the way. This is the fastest turnaround for any podcast ever. So we are filming this yesterday. So this is Friday. That this is out. We are filming this on Thursday evening at nine o'clock. This is yeah. uh, so. We wanted to be yeah, think, money and as hot off the press as we could. The moment this tournament clicked for me properly is like this is like top tier. Some of these games are going to be talked about forever. Was take back to Monday evening. You have France. You know, going up, going up against it. Um, you know, they they go they go one nil down, and you're and you're thinking, well that well this is this is mental. They're going one nil against Switzerland, and then what you would presume is regular service would presume would, would resumes with Benzema with one of the naughtiest touches of the tournament, putting one goal away, and then a, had a, a two minutes later, and Pogba scores the goal of the tournament and goes three one up, and you're thinking, okay regular service but then no Switzerland fight back they get into extra time they go to penalties at the Mbappe of all people you think Mbappe he's a definite goal scorer from the penalty spot possibly one of the hardest in the world I still think that now and then Summer saves it France are out <laughs> and you're what? like you're like what the fuck <laughs> I tell you what um, this is going to sound like bullshit and people are going to go like nah as he was stepping up to take it, I sort of looked at it and I was like, I'm not entirely confident he's going to score that because he didn't look entirely confident he was going to score it. It wasn't a bad penalty, but at the same time, it wasn't the best penalty in the world, whereas pretty much 90% of the other penalties that were taken were great. They were all hitting the roof of the net. They were going up into the corners. His was savable and it got saved. And yeah, he looked like nervous and a little bit like the pressure was getting to him um obviously he hadn't scored all tournament so yeah it was kind of getting to him a little bit i think yeah i think um, as well you look you, you look at that switzerland game and he had a lot of opportunities to score some very easy goals yeah as well and he didn't put them away no. i mean let's go to a day before that though and in a game that isn't as as surprising for me Belgium sneak a one 0 win against Portugal and knock them out. Um, I thought I thought on paper this tournament Belgium, although they've had a few moments where they've looked a bit, they are a solid team. Uh, I think going forward they are possibly the biggest threat in the in the next round. Um, but again, this this by the way, this uh, so that's what I'm thinking. And then you go to uh, you go to uh, Tuesday, and the sun opened up in England. England versus Germany, the biggest, the biggest game in terms of rivalry in football, in national football for us, us versus the Germans, 
biggest game of the year. And to be honest, in my head, I'm thinking, based on how we played in the tournament, we're going to bottle it. Um, we'll get into England and what we think future uh, for the future. I just want to discuss the tournament as a whole. And suddenly, the first half, I'm thinking, right, I was 50-50 football. I'm honest, after the first half, I thought, we're playing better than I thought we would, but I still think that German front line are a bit more dangerous than what we've got, especially though Kane's playing. And then... They take off Saka, which at the time, for Grealish, I was like, that's the wrong decision. I was like, Southgate, what have you done? Because um, uh, I think, like yourself, John, I, I didn't, I don't rate Grealish as high as some other people do within within the football community. And then he comes on and he changes the complexion of the game. Sets up two brilliant goals, two New, two New England. We knock Germany out of the tournament. And that Group F, which everyone said was a danger group, are all gone within the space of three days. I mean, Mental. I've got to say... I've got to say, 15 to 20 minutes into that England game, I was sitting there like, we are fucked. Um, by the time we got to half-time, I had completely flipped around. I was like, no, we're going to win this. The, 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 there was, it was like there was an early storm that we had to weather. But once we got to about 20 minutes in and we started creating a few chances ourselves, um, it became pretty clear that this German side are not great. They're not. They 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 they're not worthy of the reputation of previous German teams, and that defensively we are very rarely threatened. Um, you know, I mean, let's you know, let's not forget the fact we we played four games and not conceded a goal. I think we're the only team in the tournament that's still got a clean sheet. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about that. Because Italy, uh, Italy got a goal against Austria. Italy lost a goal to Austria. They did, yes. So we're the only team in the tournament now to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, bodes well. Bodes well. Bodes well. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of, in terms of Belgium, as you know, we slightly disagree with disagree on this. I, I think that defensively. They are um, vulnerable, and I think that Italy are going to beat them tomorrow night. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. Um, yeah, because I think Italy are in better form. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say on paper that Belgium are going to win it, but I think whatever's been on paper has been chucked in the bin based on this tournament with some of the yeah, results. Yeah, it's true. So, and, and you know, Italy have. Italy have. Um, in four games, Italy have conceded only one goal and scored nine. Yeah, you know, so so that they are um, they're a bit they're a bit of a powerhouse. They've got a decent manager in. They've got the hilariously named Immobile up front. Um, oh, Immobile, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously it's spelled Immobile. It's spelled, which is which is yeah. yeah well, I, I, I was I was hoping for an Italy Holland final because then we could have Immobile and Blind playing against each other in the final, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, that's not how it's panned out. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I can see that. Um, I think should we should we discuss the future games and then at the at at the end we'll discuss England going forward because I think obviously that's the main meat and potatoes for us as fans is how are England going to progress and how we think they're going to do and yeah, what Southgate might do. Yeah, if you want, if if you want, I'm I'm, I'm happy to do it whatever way you want, mate. So. Um... So obviously the first game in the other half of the bracket. Now, I like the way they've done that. I don't know. Again, I'm sort of at the age now where when he just really began to really like 
appreciate tournaments and sort of, it just sounds bad, but being an English fan, the drinking culture behind it as well and going to the pub, watch the game, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but so obviously tomorrow we've got the other side of the bracket. So first of all, Switzerland versus Spain. Am I mental for thinking that Switzerland have a chance against the Spain squad? Um, they beat the world champions. Um, this Spain team... I've flattered to deceive a little bit in the first two games. Um, they've won their third game comfortably against a team that didn't even bother to turn up. Who was um, that? That was Slovakia, wasn't it? Wasn't it 5-0? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. 5-0 yeah, yeah. against Slovakia. And then on Monday, they um, weren't they exactly... When they needed they, to. Weren't, yeah, weren't, weren't exactly convincing. They left it to the 11th hour. Yeah, yeah, they weren't they weren't exactly convincing against what isn't a great Croatia side. Um, yeah, obviously, without Mandzukic now, especially. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, 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 so I, I, yeah, Switzerland certainly can um, beat Spain because you know they are they are going to be on an absolute high now. Yeah, and I think um, that's that's the I thing. Do think I do think the Spanish will probably have a little bit too much for them. Um, it'll be easy to see, it'll be interesting to see what Morata does now that he's actually got goals under his belt. Um, you know, is is that going to give him more confidence? Um, yeah, I am going to pick tip for Spain, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Swiss pull off an upshot. I'm going to go with Switzerland here. I think. Based on the last game, they're playing with heart. I think all the boys in that team want this. And you could clearly see that what happened in that France game was they got 1-0 up and then they had a chance to go 2-0 up with the penalty. And they got carried away a little bit and they went off their strategy, which was clearly just to play it in the middle so therefore France can get to the back. They went off that a little bit and it went backwards. But I think they've got players that really want this. I'm not saying the Spanish don't. Yeah. But I'm saying they've they've got that spirit about them that they they, they, really, they really want this. And I think with especially with how Xhaka played and some of the other players, if they if they get it right, they could easily take this. They have, but what Monday's game also showed us was a lack of tournament experience. Yeah. Particularly the later stages of a tournament. Obviously the later you get into the tournament the more pressure. Um so I think that while on the one hand, the way they rallied together and came back was a good thing, you can't throw away a 1-0 lead to 3-1 and come back every game. Exactly. So I think they've got, they've got, to, they've got, to, learn, they've got to learn their lesson from that and learn that, yeah, when you go 1-0 up and you get an opportunity to go 2-0, you take it. Yeah, uh, I see. I see that entirely. Yeah, yeah you make, you're making a point. I'm going to back the Swiss, though. I, I just have to. I don't think they're going to go any further than this. Spoiler alert, because uh, obviously uh, we've we've discussed Italy, Belgium, really. So we're not going to go there. We already said everything's going to win that one. So uh, let's go to this one: Czech Republic versus Denmark. This is possibly one of the toughest to call because Czech have a very good side, and Denmark are probably the underdogs of the tournament now, uh, with the story that they've got going on. And I think people, I think. My dad put this uh, in sentence. He said, "Any neutral fan will probably most likely be cheering for Denmark to 
go as far as I'm they not. Can. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even sure they're underdogs anymore. To be honest, um, I think their last two games they've really, and and even the game against Belgium that they lost. Actually, they've got so much togetherness as a team. They've got a real point to prove. Um, yeah, what happened in the what happened in the Finland game was absolutely awful, Christian Eriksson. But I think it's forged them together very well. Um, so yeah, I I make them the favourites for that game on Saturday. Um, the Czechs are a very good team. They've got some very good players. Um, they've got some West Ham players. Um, but I do think that Denmark are just going to maybe have a little bit too much for them. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, I think, I think you know, going off a 4-0 win against Wales, uh, a Welsh team that for the majority of the game didn't look that bad. Uh, again, very similar to Switzerland, they didn't have the comeback. I thought the Welsh team for the first 20 were actually okay in that game, and then they just fell apart. You know, Denmark are coming off a high of that game. They have a purpose winning the tournament. I think that those boys are going to be riled up to go as far as they can. So yeah. I'm going to go Denmark as well. Yeah. Again, but like I said, though, you can't, uh, you can't write off Czech Republic with Schick and obviously Socek, who is, who is honestly, this is not me just big in the He is, he is. He is within our little sort of chat group. He is our talisman, is Mr. Socek. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's also the rock of that Czech Republic team. I think because he, yeah. he's very obviously he's a he's a central defensive mid, but he could also you also you can see him sometimes on the corner of the box looking for those opportunity. He's he is a man that if he, he on his day he, he can he chips him with a lot. He, he chips him with a fair few goals. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the run-up to the tournament, I think in one of the um, he might be one of their World Cup qualifiers in the run-up to the tournament. He got his uh, he got his first international hat trick for um, for the Czech Republic, and if I recall, it may even have been a perfect hat trick: left foot, right foot, and header. Even better. Um, yeah, I, I've got to go Denmark though. I just think they've got yeah. that cohesiveness to manage it. Right next up, England versus the Ukraine. Um, I'm going to bat the boys for this one. Um, obviously, Ukraine do have some dangerous players. It's not only it's not a it's not an easy game. Yarmolenko, he's a he is a man to not, I wouldn't say to fear, but a man to definitely look at as someone who. I mean, could, I mean, I mean, my, my my question about the Ukraine is: Are any of them still alive after um, after yeah. Tuesday night? They, they, you know, they genuinely look dead on their feet. I mean, they they had a couple of injuries in injury time, obviously. Yarmolenko came off at half time of um, of extra time, which you can only presume was injury related because it was one one at that point, and he would have been a penalty taker in a shootout. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting to see how their stamina is affected after playing two hours of a pretty grueling game well more than two hours because a fair amount of injury time in there as well yeah um against an england side who uh, not, only, not, not only played half an hour less but had a uh, relatively comfort. com- relatively comfortable win and i think i'm more pumped than ever we've got kane who finally scored a goal hopefully is similar to <clears> like like you said with other people that hadn't scored yet yeah hopefully that'll 
get him going. I think you said Morata, right? Hopefully, hopefully it can be. Hopefully, Kane after first yeah, goal can yeah, get it, better. You know, it, it's got that monkey off his back, and it, it should it should help him to chip in with a few more. And you know, he might be finding himself in better positions and working working himself into better positions now. His head will be up a bit more. I mean, so yeah, I fancy England for this. I, I think it could actually be relatively comfortable, although Ukraine's dangerous. I, I do feel that our preparation for the match is significantly better than theirs. The only note of caution that I would say is obviously this is England's first game away from Wembley. Um, were they to go all the way, it would be their only game away from Wembley. Um, so it's, 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 Obviously, it's going to be a different experience without that partisan crowd there with them. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But I do, I think if this was a, 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 a much more, without being disrespectful to the Ukraine, a, a more difficult side, that might be a factor. But I think, like you said, yeah, with, the, with the elements in play, with Ukraine being tired, with us being pumped up after a 2 0 win against our biggest rivals, I think it just all fits into place. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a comfortable win like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it'll be relatively comfortable. Possibly 2-0. Right, this is the fun bit, because we're going to the semi-finals, but we have an entirely different semi-final game for the first half of the tournament, because I've got Switzerland versus Belgium, and you've got Spain versus Italy. So this is the interesting part. I am going to go with Belgium to take, take the, the victory on my end, because I think they are the most dangerous team in the tournament. I, on paper, and I, I, I think they will go through. I can't wait till tomorrow evening or this evening for you guys when I'm in, when I'm proved wrong, and Italy batter them. Um, and John's predictions are entirely correct, uh, but I've just, uh, I, I've got. I think Switzerland versus Belgium. Uh, I'm going to go Belgium for the win. But Spain versus Italy on paper is a tighter matchup. Yeah, I would go Italy. Um... I think they are the form side. Um, Spain, certainly in the first two matches, flattered to deceive. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm gonna back. Um, I'm gonna back my boys. It, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna back Italy for that because I think, um, I think they're just gonna have a little bit too much for Spain. Spain are a, Spain are a team in transition, a bit, a little bit like Germany. They're a team in transition, and um, they've done well to get this far. Um, but I think, you know, that would be their first real big test, um, and I, I don't think they'd pass it. There we go. It will set them in good stead for the future, the next World Cup, the next Euros to to get that experience for the semi final. Yeah. And we, but we do have the uh, we have the same other semi final. So Denmark versus England at Wembley. I'm going to go England for the win. Yeah, I'm going to break the neutrals heart as well um, and say I think that this will be the end of the uh, of the Danish adventure. Um, I think we've just got a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, and you know we are proving to be a very difficult team to break down. Um. So, yeah, I think that if, you know, once we kind of withstand a bit of their sort of early flair and pressure, 
I think we'll take control of the game and we'll beat them. Yeah, I think so too. I think this match could go one of two ways. I think if we break Denmark down early, I think it could be a comfortable win. However, if Denmark come out fighting, and they, uh, which I'm sure they will, but if the, if that succeeds and they don't break us down, but they keep us in the middle of the pitch and. They, we could be in a bit of trouble, but I think if we score early in that game, um, something about them, I don't know whether they'd fall to pieces as such, but I think that would make the game much more comfortable for England. I don't yeah, I'm not, on I'm, they... yeah, I'm not sure we'd score early because we don't tend to be doing that. Um, but I think certainly if we can withstand their sort of early pressure for a good sort of 20 minutes or so and get ourselves into the game, then... Um, then, yeah, I think it will start to affect their spirit. Yeah. Um, and obviously the final at Wembley of the Euros. You've got England taking on, for me, Belgium, for you, Italy. Um, this is, again, this is guided by bias, but I've got to back the boys. Um, and again, this again, you guys are going to go in the chat or comments or whatever, or even just listening, you're going to go, oh, he's an England fan. He's only thinking that. Cause, uh, of course I am. It, a neutral would probably say Italy and or Belgium are the stronger side. However, like John said, with with it being Wembley, for England in the final at Wembley, 100% attendance. I've got to back the boys. It's coming home. It's not going to be an easy game. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be tight. I think we will definitely concede in that match. But I've got to back the boys. Um, there's, no real, there's no real reason to it. I, you know, We're a solid side this time round. I think we've got a very solid defence. I think defensively, we are one of the best teams in the tournament. If we can use that, if we can keep the state of play to how Southgate and the side like it, which is just defend and hold the game for about 70, 60 minutes and then push on the final 30, we could easily win the tournament. I'm going to back the boys (laughs) against Belgium. What about yourself, John, against Italy? It's coming. No, no, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You're not. Are you not thinking it is. You go in Italy. It's 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 not coming home. Um, that was it, the biggest hill turn of all time. It, it, it's it, it's it's going to Rome. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to see England win that trophy, but. If we look at the teams that they'll have beaten to get to the final, were they to do so? Italy are a different league to that. Um, do you think it, it'll be a you know, close we, game? We, we, can, we, we, we can beat them, but I just think they'll have a bit too much for us. Do you think that? Do you think it'll be a close game, though, or do you think it will be? Yeah, we don't ship a lot of goals. It'll be a close game. But they will be it. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sticking with the boys. I think I think it's it's the youthful spirit that I'm like I've, I've got to believe. Um, I mean, either way, the boys can take you know happiness from the fact they reached a the final. Um, and hopefully we can build on this. But now I want to discuss with you, John, uh, the England team and Gareth Southgate's decision with some of the players that he's put on the pitch. Because this has come under scrutiny. I think a lot of people, whether it be television pundits, just people on Twitter, myself included, some of the decisions, although it's worked thus far, who he's putting on the pitch does baffle me sometimes when you look at the bench. I don't know yourself. Did we top the group? Absolutely. Are we in the quarterfinal? Yes. 
Like I said, it, it's but, worked. So for, 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 for me, that's all that matters. You know, people were talking about his selection before the Croatia game and saying, oh, we should be picking Grealish yeah. and dropping Sterling. Sterling scored. Yeah. People were talking about you know, all the way through, it's been, oh, you should be doing this, should be doing that, should be doing the other. Every game, we've got the result we, we needed to. Um, for as long as I can remember, people have been complaining that England aren't able to win ugly, that they're a little bit of a pushover. Now we've got a side that can go and win a game 1-0 and actually be really defensively tight and not concede a goal in the first four games of a major tournament. Yeah. Um, that suddenly doesn't seem to be what people want. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're never going to be this kind of, um, you know, we're never going to be this France 98 sort of flare all over the pitch, playing our way to victory, you know, because very few sides can do that. Um you know, but what we can do is be very well drilled, be very well organised, pick the right players and use the right system against our opposition. Um, and we can do well. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't criticise any of the decisions that he's made, you know, because we've got results all the way through. When he's brought subs on, the subs have worked and had an impact. Um, yeah. There's a decent amount of squad rotation in there, yeah. um, you know, so that if somebody were to be injured or suspended, somebody with a bit of game experience can come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, the one thing, the one thing that I had my doubts about in the build-up to the Germany game was sticking with Kane because he's done very little. Although I'm still not entirely convinced, I think it was more about the assist than the goal. Kane scored. You know, so yeah. it, it, it pretty much every decision that people have criticised him for, including myself, he's actually got right. Yeah, you know, uh, people people complain before the game. Nobody's sitting there after a game and going, "Oh, we should have played so and so. Should have played so and so," because we won it. I I fundamentally agree with you after the Germany game because I'll be like, I don't know the line up the Germany game, and I went. I went, oh no. Like the back of my head, I went, oh no. I went, when I saw that Luke Shaw was in the middle of the pitch, I was like, why are we playing Luke Shaw? You know, and again, that was obviously the correct decision. Southgate knew what he was doing to to counteract the German defence. I mean, having Luke Shaw and Kieran Trippier higher up as the wing backs almost playing against that was the right decision. But on paper, I'm thinking, it was people we could have in that middle when you chose them. Um, I think the interesting thing moving forward, John, is does Jack Grealish start? Does he start? It depends entirely on the opposition and the system they play. And you know, would you start Jack Grealish? I I mean that completely. You know, it it depends in you know we 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 are this is clearly not a side that has a starting eleven and goes right. We're going to boss this game with this starting eleven. This is a side that looks at the tactics of our opposition and says, okay, these are the players that are going to contend with that. For me, yeah. Grealish has worked as an impact sub. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah, okay. I so would what, entirely agree. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change a system 
where Grealish has been coming on as an impact sub and it's worked. Um, you know, the one the one thing that I would criticise Southgate for um, would be taking Declan Rice off against the Jacks because I think that changed the game and nearly let them back into the game. Yeah. And that's not even West Ham bias. That's just fact. He bosses bosses a midfield, you know. Yeah, I would entirely agree on the impact of something. I mean, I understand. And like you said, I think it always works the system. But I think the good thing about Jack Grealish is, especially I think the German game personified that, he's very good in the last 20 minutes coming on and being that trouble for the defence. And I tell you what... Football is not black or white. You can't just go, you best 11 players on the pitch, start the game. Because sometimes players are most effective when they are that late bit of gas that you can inject into the side. And that made all the difference. Without Jack Greedish coming on in those moments, I don't think we would have got 2-0. We missed a one. But I think when Jack Greedish came on was the right choice. And yes, I think maybe Saka should start another game. Because I think Saka is at the start always yeah. the one as a young guy he's trying to get himself in there I think he's the one that's trying to yeah. you know push things he's forward. hungry he's hungry but it also gets the crowd going you know if you've got if you've got to go on the bench that the entire game the crowd's wanting to see and you bring him on with like 25 minutes to go that gets the crowd going that gives the team an energy boost that they all need yeah. it's it's all about game management and that is something that under Southgate, England seems to have learned a lot about uh, in terms of game management and making the right decisions at the right times and not doing silly things like England sides in the past have done. Yeah. Again, I think as well as this perception in football, I go, I'm not going to try and act like I'm a massive, um, um, you know, football I don't know. My knowledge of football is very limited in terms of tactics and stuff. But I don't think, especially in the past, I think there's this oeuvre of people going, right, you have to have your top 11 players on the pitch at the start of the game. I think there is that. And people, which is just not, for me, not the case. Would I prefer to see someone like a Jaden Sancho get more players? Of course, because I think Sancho is brilliant. And I think there is a fundamental issue there with Southgate not playing someone like Sancho. However, what he's done has worked. So therefore, I could be talking out my arse. Yeah, I mean, for that, for, I mean, before that Germany game, I actually texted my cousins in our WhatsApp group. And I said, I don't know about Germany, but I reckon that our bench could be our starting eleven. Because you looked at the bench and it was like, that's a good team. But, um, but... You know they got a job done. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really hard, I think, to be critical when actually pretty much every decision he's made, with the exception of bringing Rice off against the Czechs, has worked. Yeah. No, exactly, and I think actually he's made some brilliant understated decisions, like putting Saka on the pitch, which on paper you would go. Surely not. But actually, him doing that, especially when you, like you said, look at our bench as a strong bench, what Saka is one of those that pops up immediately. He's done mm. that and it's worked brilliantly. I think it yeah. was Ferdinand um, who said it on the TV. It was like Saka in our first half was really the only one who was looking for fouls and that sort of stuff, which is what you want in a player like Saka. He was doing yeah. the job he needed to do, slowing yeah. the game down, being that rocket in pace when he needed it. So it's. I think I think it, I think it's interesting. I think I wouldn't change anything too drastically. 
I wonder whether we're going to see someone like a Mount return now that he's done with his quarantine. I, I think maybe the Germany game was too early. Would you play would, Mount, John? Or would you not play Mount? I, I would expect I would expect them to start with him on Saturday. I, I, w- I would expect them to start with him on Saturday. He's one of our best players. He works. Um, he works very well in that midfield with um, with Phillips and Rice. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would. Um, I would expect him to be back in the side on Saturday. Yeah. Because um, so because who did we have in the midfield this time? We didn't play Henderson in. Who did? Who was in his space, or did they entirely change up the formation to make it work? Yeah. This. Yeah, this is me. They switched up the formation a bit. So. Also, Calvin Phillips is a, a, an interesting one. Do you think he is, is done his job, or do you think because some people I, I I think he's done a solid job, but there's a lot of people that aren't a massive fan. I mean, he was, he was our best player against Croatia. I would agree. You know, just, he was our best player against Croatia. Um, again, against Germany, he um, he was doing a real job until he got booked, and then obviously he had to be a little bit more careful. Um, you know, it's a, we're, we're, we're impacting on his game a little bit, but um, no, I mean, I, I think he's, he's justified his starting position. I would as well. Do you think there's this thing of because he played for Leeds, there's this sort of like preconception about him that he might not be a top tier player? Because actually, you put him in the England side and he plays quite creatively, he plays, you know, he's part of the game. I, I don't. I don't agree. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Um, I think you know you look at you look at that England side. Rice plays for West Ham. He's pretty integral. You know, West Ham aren't a big top, a sort of big six side. Um, you know, you've got Leicester players that um, in the squad. You've got um, Everton players in the squad. You know, this isn't. You know, that's one thing that I actually like about this England team in terms of it's not just about the big six. Um, if a player's good enough, it doesn't matter who he plays for. Exactly. And, um, yeah, and you know, so Rice, Rice, Rice doesn't play for a fashionable team, but you'd never see Southgate dropping him at the moment. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um it's, it's going to be a really interesting uh, week and a bit now. Mm. Next, The next nine days are going to be exciting, terrifying. Uh, I'll be honest, I've never been happier in a moment of sport recently than that Germany win. I think you put in the chat that you were crying. I don't know if that was legitimate or not. Um, but I, I, I was close I, 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 was, I, I was pissed. I was oi, pissed. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> I uploaded a fucking photo on Instagram. I don't know if that was legitimate or not. There's pictures of me with fucking tears on my face on Instagram. Let's have a look yeah. at the Johnny Instagram. You, you, sl- you filthy slanderer. <laughs> I saw it to the pub getting absolutely wackered. Um, you, but... you, you filthy slanderer. Never so been slandered. Suggesting that I was lying. I didn't suggest you were lying. I just didn't know whether it was more an overexpression. No, no, what, you said, what you said was you said in the chat you were crying. I don't know if that was true or not. Which um, suggesting that I was lying. No, I was saying that like I didn't know whether it was like an. I meant if it was like an overexpression of like oh, I'm crying because like, I was legitimately shaking at the start of the game. 
Filthy slanderer. Never been slandered. You're going to call me a penis now. Bunch of penises. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to do a Friday night dinner a podcast at some point because that's not been done yet. And now I know it's officially over. We should. And also, you need to watch Inside Number Nine and then we can do an Inside Number Nine podcast as well. Yeah. I have to admit, John, you're on a bit of a podcasting streak because you've been on quite a few of them recently. Oh. Oh. Matron. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, you know, you just keep inviting me back. What can I say? What can I say? Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys seem to like John. Um, I also want to quickly wrap up this podcast yeah, um, with, with uh, some big news uh, for two of our uh, England players. Obviously, Jaden Sancho off to Manchester United, first of all. That's the confirmed one. What, what do you what do you make of that? Um, I think it's good news for West Ham because I think it increases the chances of Jesse Lingard joining West Ham. Yeah, on a permanent basis. Um, yeah, it's a good move. Um, it'll only improve them. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure that they'll be title contenders next year, but they'll certainly be closer to City than they were this year. Yeah. Uh, again, and also with Manchester City, this is not confirmed, but it's heavily... Re- you know when there is rumour, but it's like almost so much confirmed that it is confirmed. Uh, with uh, Jack Grealish going to Manchester City. Um, what do you think I spotted somebody actually tweeted a headline earlier today where it said, you know, Manchester City to make £100 million bid to Aston Villa to buy Aston Villa. So it, it looked like they were actually going to buy the entire Aston Villa team. but. Um, um, interesting. Um, if I were Jack Grealish, I would be sitting there and going, "Am I going to get regular Pain games week in week out?" Yeah. Um, it's an interesting move on City's part because it's like the one person they need to replace is Aguero. Is he Aguero? He's not. They, no, they need a striker. No. No, you know, they're also trying to get Kane, though, aren't they? They're trying to get, I think they're trying to swing for Kane. <laughs> the, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the you know the last league game at um, the Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Hotspur Stadium, as I believe we're supposed to call it. Um, yeah, Kane was going around after the game and quite clearly saying his goodbyes. Yep. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he does um, if he does go to uh, City. Um, if he does, then they will be really dangerous because, you know, look what they did last year without a recognised striker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's it going to be mental. Uh, I also had an interesting question the other day. Someone uh, was like, who do you support? A drunkenly, I said, uh, because I've, I've, I've always already been an Exeter supporter. I've sort of, but like, you were nowhere to turn me into a West Ham supporter. Like, every time I watch West Ham now, I'm like, I'm back in West Ham, so I said West Ham. So I think now I am a. I've become a West Ham supporter. So from I might have to get get a, get a scarf or something from from for next season or something. Well, yeah, uh, we are. We are. Um, God knows the kit is expensive. Um, yeah, I mean this is true. This is true. I mean, especially if you're gonna like, especially if you've got like seven letters in your surname, that's a lot to. That's, that's a lot to put on. Yeah. You know, but um, but no, I mean we are. We we've been very entertaining. You know, last season we were very entertaining. Um, um, 
some would say we overperformed. I think our league position probably reflects roughly what we did in the season. Yeah, I think um, you were more creative. I think you definitely, very similar to the Swiss, you outperformed what would have been there on paper, but I think you were in the correct place for how you played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be an exciting time of the season. I I, I hope that other teams, but I hope it could get a bit closer. Um, so Mad City don't run away with it again. But if they do sign Grealish and uh, and Kane, then Christ, um, it could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be scary. I mean, Chelsea are going to be a better team than they were last year. You know, because obviously with the with the, uh, with, with with Tuchel in charge exactly. of the season, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll be a better side than they were last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's some of the notes to really talk on. Yeah, this is the bonus podcast. There's still a podcast coming out Monday. That's with Elijah. He made the artwork and stuff. Um, so that's more, 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 Elijah. What are you talking about with Elijah? We're talking about a comedy movie called This Is the End, uh, which is a very funny, oh. funny film. So uh, that's happening. And then, then the week after that, Beast here to talk about Thor Ragnarok, and the week after that, John, you're back to talk about the invasion. So um, I am indeed John, with Doctor Disco. Yeah, Mr. Doctor Disco himself, not Peter Capaldi, but Owen Lucas. Um, it'd be fun to get Peter Capaldi on a Patrick Troughton podcast. <laughs> you know, not to, not to get, just randomly Peter Capaldi pops up in a review podcast. We don't even talk about his time as Doctor. We just talk about. He'd love Doctor it. Who. Yeah, he'd love it. I mean, the guy's a Doctor Who fan. They, they would love to do come on a Doctor Who podcast and just talk about Doctor Who. Parker. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this, John, because it was in the 11th hour. Quite quite like Spain beating Croatia. Right, well, you know, it's, it's, but... it's, 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 as, I, as I said, mate, it's not like, um, it's not like my telephone is, 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 is running on hot with hot babes phoning me up and stuff. So, so I, you're, not, you're not watching Love Island then? Uh, in spite of the fact that this year they apparently have their first ever disabled contestant, um, yep. Um, no, no, I'm not. Um, I, I, uh, I've never seen a single minute of Love Island. Um, all that I know is what programs like that do for the body Mental image health. of the average person, and I have some views about the level of aftercare that they may provide to some of their former contestants and former presenters. Mm-hmm. But um, I will not express those here because we don't want you to be taken off air. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so there you go, guys. I think the main thing is enjoy the next, next week in a bit. And it's coming home. Fingers crossed. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. See you guys I soon. Think, I mean... Uh, mm. One can only hope. Well, and also, it's just been announced by, uh, by something that Peter Capaldi is making an album. So that's how we're going to oh. end this podcast. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, I had seen that. I had heard this. I had heard that Peter Capaldi had been working on an album in lockdown. Um, can't wait. So there we go. Peter Capaldi's making an album. The world's going to be healed. See you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Bye-bye.